15 beers on a Tuesday afternoon. 15 beers on a Tuesday afternoon. Fuck yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of 15 Beers on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope everyone's doing well. I had a uh, our first guest today. We I had a show lined up, and the first guest um, ended up having to cancel. And uh, the weather's kind of changed, and I was getting a mood this kind of time of year. So I was going to cancel the whole thing, um, but then I decided to just skip the live stream. And we're going to do a couple interviews here. We're going to talk to uh, Kevin A. Smith, uh, Kingston Comedian. Also an old school New Paltz dude, pretty funny guy. Um, also an excellent guitar player. So we'll talk to him first for a bit, and then we have uh, my man Tim V is going to come up second. Um, yeah, so we'll do that, and I'll put this on the podcast sites tomorrow. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you're, you already know that because you aren't watching the live stream. But just to fill you in, um, I think that next week is the election, and I'm not sure the last two presidential elections I've spent in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I, I they're very memor had memory very memorable times both times so I kind of feel like I should do something for this election, um, so I don't know if if anyone would be interested in a call in episode where I'll just get drunk and you can call in and we can talk about what kind of shit show is happening at about seven or eight o'clock at night next Tuesday, um, or maybe I'll just eat some acid and run off in the woods <laughs> might be a m better idea for my my mental health. Who the fuck knows? And I think after that, I'm going to do maybe one more episode. We'll do 21 for this. 21 episodes in 2020, and then we're going to pack it up till next year, I think. Take some time, you know. I feel like every every other week, drinking 15 beers is kind of... It's definitely affected my drink habits a little bit. I, I think I very rarely... I usually either don't drink or I drink way, way fucking too much. But So I think we're going to take a little... I could use a little breather from that. Um, but it's been fun, and I think this one's going to be good, too. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're going to give Kevin Smith a call right now. What's up, man? What's up, Chittakiv? How you doing? <laughs> pretty good, man. Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. I feel like this time of year always fucks with me, like these first first couple days. Looks like I can barely hear you. Oh, I, I feel like this kind of time of year kind of fucks with me a little bit where it's uh, these first few days of uh, it getting all gray and cold and rainy and shit where the temperature drops. I start getting fucking in a mood, you know? Can you hear me? Barely. 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 Huh? Weird. Yeah, now I can't hear you. Alright. Huh. Okay. Alright, maybe that's just coming through the phone. Alright, is that that's better now though? Yeah, yeah. It sounds a little muffled, but then again my phone is All right. know, it's yeah. a new phone and it already sounds weird. Yeah, I don't know how to do most of this fucking tech shit. I was saying that this time of year, these first few like rainy cold days where it drops down in the forties usually fucks with me. I get in a fucking mood, you know. Yeah, I uh I'm uh, prepared for it. I um, you know the worse the weather, the more 
<laughs> the more I get into that, you know, my books or, you know, practicing guitar or writing or whatnot. Yeah, right on. So catching got... up on old shows and stuff. So you got a plan for it. You're you're ready for it. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. What kind of stuff have you been playing on guitar these days? Uh, well, I've actually uh, spent more time learning new chords now because I learned a bunch of chords back in the day, but I've gotten so far from it that now, you yeah. know, now it's like kind of like learning over again, but my reflexes are intact. Gotcha. You, so know, you, you my fingers you're... hurt. My, my fingers are hurting, and that's that's a good. That's always a good sign. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you haven't played in a while, is what you're saying? Uh, no, I hadn't been. I hadn't been, and uh, you know, with the the COVID thing, you know, it does help you work on yourself a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all know I need a little work. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Um, so what have you been doing? Uh, what were you doing before before the COVID stuff happened? Were you working at the lease bar? Is that where you were? Yeah, I was working there, and then. Uh, I decided to jump back on the horse and get back into the comedy. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to have to make a go with this, uh, you know, uh, step on the gas a little bit more. And then the COVID thing hit. And I'm like, well, you know. Oh, so you had taken. The irony is what, you know, fuels comedy. So, you know. There you go. So you had taken a break before the COVID hit. And we're just getting back into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that and also a lot of con- uh, inconvenience as well, because, you know, when you work in a restaurant, you're mainly going to be working on the weekends, yep. at night, when all the comedy stuff's going on, so yeah. that, was, that was messing with me a little bit. Gotcha, yeah, it's hard to work in the service industry and also, you know, do music or do any kind of show where you're trying to perform on weekends as well. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of losing you a little bit, I, I heard you, I, I heard you, but it's... You're starting to lose you a little bit again. Weird. I wonder, I wonder why the... Now I hear you again. Huh. All right. It's, I'm not sure. I, you, I See, I have my phone plugged into an audio box here. So usually, um, you know, the the mic that I'm talking through just goes right into the phone. But now, uh, I don't know, for some reason... Ah, uh, so that's why you... Is, is that why you sound slightly auto-tuned? Uh, no, there's no auto-tune, I don't think. How's that? Is that louder now? No, I'm just saying that you sound. It sounds like I'm talking a little bit to a robot. Oh yeah, no, uh, I don't have a robot with personality, but it still <laughs> sounds like a robot. I mean, well, it's 2020, man. I think robots have personalities now. I think that's how it is. Uh, that's that's frightening. That's <laughs> some you know Skynet AI shit, right? Um, so w- with the comedy stuff, like, have you been, you've been right, you were, before the COVID, you had to, you had worked on some material and you were about to start going out with it. Say that again. Like, but you said you were getting back into comedy before the COVID hit. So, did you have some new material written that you were ready to uh, to bring out? Oh yeah, I have tons of material now because it's been what? Uh, hold on a second. Let me do the math on this. So yeah, it's been about seven, eight months that we've been in this. Yeah. So, yeah, I have about. <laughs> I have, jeez, uh, maybe about. Two or three hours worth of, well, I should say this. I read about four hours worth of material. Wow. But some of that material is now passe because some of it is far more relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of COVID. So, you know, so it's, you know, great. Well, I, I'd say some, some good comedy that will never be heard. <laughs> <laughs> 
have have you thought about doing like a live stream or anything? You know, because it does seem like comedy does have like a shelf life to an extent, or certain stuff has a shelf life. I I, I can't do that because I kind of need an audience. I I have to have like people's reactions. Gotcha. I need that, uh, especially like if if I say something. Yeah. And I do that live stream. I don't know if I should follow up on what I should yeah, say or yeah, if I, I don't have to because yeah. you can't really see people's reactions. Yeah. And it's it's much easier for me to talk to a person. Yeah, that makes to, sense. Uh, you know, even though I do talk to inanimate objects all the time, you know, <laughs> I can't, you know. Yeah. But I can't find one of my shoes. Yeah, I'm running around the house. What the, what the <laughs> hell are you, you know? I, <laughs> even yeah. That. But, you know. <laughs> Not in not in the sense of doing comedy or anything like that, you know. So how do you like catalog that material? You write it down or you record yourself doing it? Like what is the what's the process? I, I write I write the subject. I write the subject and I might write some notes underneath that, especially gotcha. if it's like uh, an elaboration because uh, um I, I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know if it was a homework thing growing up with her. But I really hate putting pen to paper <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So what I do is I write it down. Like for example, whatever your whatever your opinions are about, say like ice cream or something like that. Yeah. Okay. You know what your opinion is about that, so you just write ice cream and then you just talk about it about what your opinion is. Like you don't forget your opinion. You don't forget. Yeah. What you like and what you don't like. There you go. You know? Yeah. So okay. I'm right. lucky that I don't have to really do that. Um, yeah. It was that way with music chords until I started learning advanced chords. Now, you know, because I used to be able to just pick up my guitar and remember the chords that I yeah okay that I practiced last week. Now I can't do that anymore. Yeah, and I think and I think age might have something to do with that. As well, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not looking forward I, to I that. Burned out, I, I burned out enough brain cells with uh, you know it's kind of miraculous I can have this conversation with you but no. yeah fair enough um so what kind of you're getting into some like jazzier stuff with the the music chords what do you say that again you get into some like you said you're you getting into some more complex chords with the guitar some like jazz stuff yeah. or what, what kind of stuff what kind of stuff you playing um let's see what the heck song was I was trying to figure out the other day well, there's some chords, there's some songs that I think might be like kind of, because I, I used to be able to just figure out chords or whatever, but I think there was a song by Imogene Heath that I heard and I was trying to figure okay. out the chords of that. And it turns out they were basic chords. And I was like, wow. I was like, how did I not catch that? But um, yeah. uh, the Beatles, believe it or not, as old as they are, they actually have a lot of... Oh, yeah, they, they get pretty fancy with their arrangements. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I forgot which song it was I was trying to learn, but like halfway through, I was just like, eh, you know what, let me just <laughs> turn on YouTube for a little while and maybe just listen to some music and there, think about it later. There were a bunch of dudes that I was playing with a while back, and I think it was like, this probably like mid-2000s in New Paltz. We would play at the Oasis where we'd cover full albums. Good. And we did. It was like um, John Burdick and Johnny Wong, um, Chris Tannis, a couple other dudes. But they were all good players. I was just playing drums, so I had kind of an easy job. But we did uh, Rubber Soul and Revolver on two separate nights at the Oasis, like straight through the albums. And really? it, some of that shit is really fucking hard, you know. Like people shit on Ringo, but there's a part on, in uh, "And Your Bird Can Sing" 
where they just switch from four to three for like a weird amount of measures and then back. And you never notice it listening to the song, but that's fucking hard to do. <laughs> like, that's not an easy thing to do, you know, like. Wait, wait, wait. Which part of Andrew Burke can sing? I actually like that song quite a bit. There, part, there's just like a what? spot, like, like a little, in, like a bridgish part where it just switches time from four to three, but seamlessly. Like, you don't hear it in the, you know, in the song, but if you if you keep playing four, then you're not in time anymore with the other, you know, what everyone else is playing, like. Uh, is it in the solo? Um, it, yeah, I think that? I believe it's around that part. It was like I said, it's been like fifteen years. So, but yeah, that's that. It took me. It was that was not an easy song to learn on drums for me. You know. See, so, yeah. Uh, that, hold on one second here. Wait, wait. All right. And every now and then, you may want to do whatever adjustment it is to help me hear you better because I hear you good for a while and then it starts sounding muffled again. Okay, weird. Huh. Yeah, I'm not really sure what uh, you know. I'm trying to be right up on the mic here, but so with I hope people ask me something and I and I completely misunderstand and then give an answer and then <laughs> I think that's fine too. That was wrong with him, you know. You know that might be even even, even more entertaining, <laughs> you know, if, if we do it that way. <laughs> kind of like yeah, ad lib and be quite entertaining. So, so you said you had four hours of comedy. You know, is a lot of uh, I'm imagining a bunch of that is some political stuff. Oh with, yeah, with this uh, year, political, social commentary, uh, getting older, uh, realizing that you're putting on weight. Yeah, uh, All right. I'm trying to think. Uh, just let me see. Um, let me even find one of my things. Uh, stuff that you see on television. Look, you really mainly like social things which goes hand in hand with political yeah absolutely yeah uh, it's I, stuff that i uh <laughs> stuff that i argue with uh on facebook in, in facebook pages with people yeah 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 whatever you 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 do that yeah, i see you you kind of like take on the trumpers quite a bit right what's that you kind of go you go head to head with a lot of the 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 trump lovers on facebook right uh, yeah, them, and also, like, also, if, you know, you're a little too far to the left, I might butt heads with you there, too, but it's gotcha. like, I, I try to, my best to, I try my best to do that if I'm in a decent mood. Like, okay. I'll post something if I'm in a bad mood, Okay. but I'd rather just discuss things, like, say, like, if, uh, if I'm going on, like, some pages, an article and I'm reading the comments, I try to be in a good mood because then I, I end up feeling bad if I say something that is just, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Because, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I sometimes feel like people have it coming, and then later on when my mood changes, I'm like, you know what, that was a little you harsh. You feel bad about it, yeah. It coming. But, like, uh, a lot of the, the fighting that I'm noticing. A lot of the what? Just in general... Uh, fighting a lot okay. of like the uh, the arguing I'm seeing. Yeah, it, there's a strange little thing about the the generational arguments I'm seeing. How so? Certain things that people are overlooking, as far as I'm concerned, and that is kind of like no gener. Okay, you have your views about the generations, but the people within those generations, no one person is better than another. 
Yeah. And this is mm-hmm. where a lot of the arguments are coming from. A lot of the times the way you think is based on when you were born. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. You understand? And you can't really control that. It's kind of like it's kind of like if you see somebody from the, if you hear someone talk from the south and you know like you know sometimes you have to remind little kids like well don't say they talk funny because if you were from there you talk like that yeah and where you're from if you go to visit them they'll think you talk funny so it's it's about where you were fortunate or you know where you were fortunate enough to be born yeah that's fair you know well and, I'm, uh, I'm about to turn 46 you're you're right in that neighborhood right around there yeah and but I mean things are a lot different now than when we you know like from 1980 till now is is a enormous change, and I think oh, yes. what I think you get a lot is you get like these older people that are like, well, this is how I did it, so just don't be lazy and just do what I did. But that's not possible now, you know. You know, like things no, are a lot different. They spent 40 years, like there's 40 years of policies that have made that obsolete like you can't do that anymore you know right so and even uh even even when it comes to like the communication uh sometimes that gets skewed because of like certain experiences uh uh, remind me again of uh, what you just uh later on or later in this conversation remind me again about the fact that we're both 46 because that's, that's significant there gotcha um when you talk about the way things have changed, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Um, well, I'll just go right into that. I think, now this is just my opinion, I think that our age group, we are the luckiest, not the best, yeah, but the luckiest people in the land. Or the luckiest, the, the luckiest people in the history of this country when it comes to when we were born. Okay. Because... Nobody, I'll explain it. A Gen Xer never looks at another generation and goes, Wow, I wish I had your childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the only ones that can really say that. Now, yeah. of course, the uh, baby boomers, you know, they, they were lucky enough to see, you know, Elvis, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, they were young, Muhammad Ali when he was in his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I know if I was around back then, you know, there's, you know, I wouldn't have the same amount of rights that exactly. I exactly, yeah, that was a very being yeah. born when I was, yeah, you know. Um, as far as uh, as far as going, but that's what I wanted to talk about. What you said before about what older people say. Well, this is the way we did, da da da, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest fight Gen Xers had with. Boomers was the fact that boomers were the first people to go rogue from that rigid system of, you know, the rigid, the rigid culture we had. They were the first ones to try to break away from that. They were the first ones to, like, roll doobies in mass out in the open. Okay. Yeah. They were told by their parents that it was, you know, they, they, they knew their parents weren't going to smoke no weed with them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then when we started coming along and they got older, remember that old commercial where the, the kid sitting on his bed with his, uh, with, uh, his headphones and his father has like the, the paraphernalia and says, you know, who taught you how to do this? Oh, I learned it from you, so, dad. You, dad yeah. I learned this by watching you. Yeah. 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 I do remember you that. know, 
Uh, I guess our biggest conflict with them was they tend to, they were, they taught us. They learned the old way, but when they were teaching us, they, they wanted us to have a good education. They wanted us to think. They, they told us, they wanted us to critically think. They wanted us to get a, a, a decent education. They wanted us to think for ourselves. And then couldn't figure out why they couldn't get us to believe in Noah's Ark. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, the reason why I don't believe that is because you told me to think, remember? Yeah. So that was the first clash with that. All right, that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, right on. What's that? I said that's an interesting interesting way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So that was what our clash was. And on top of that, on top of that, their parents, it was different their parents telling them not to, like this, for example, not to smoke weed. But it's weird when our parents told us that. And it's like, <laughs> why? Because you smoked it all or something? Why would you tell us not to <laughs> yeah, smoke absolutely, what, what yeah. you did? But then you at know, the same time, that, that wasn't you know. Us, uh, that wasn't up there, us up there at Gaskins Farm in Woodstock. That was you all doing that. Crazy <laughs> now you're going to tell us that it's wrong? But then at so the same time. like that. You had this generation that, you know, they grew up where weed was a fairly common thing, but this is a, you know, generation that voted in people that brought, made laws that, you know, criminalized, that sent how many people to prison for it, which doesn't really make any sense, right? Say that one more time. Well, you have a generation that grew up, you know, a majority of them smoking weed, but then in their, their time, you know, their heyday of their 20s to 50s or whatever, from 80, 1980 to 1995, you know, how many people went to prison for that? How much harsher did the drug laws get during that time? You know, which is crazy that, you know, that's coming from a generation of people who were the majority of people or, you know, a decent amount of people smoke weed, you know? You, you understand what I'm saying? I can barely hear you. I'm sorry. Just, just try that one more time. I'm, I'm sorry this is so bad. <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, you have a generation where, you know, there's a, a, a large percentage of their generation, you know, smoked weed or had some involvement yeah, with yeah. drugs. But the drug laws, like from 1980 to 1995, got so severe, it's yeah. like kind of like a hypocritical thing, in my opinion, you know, like that the people they vote, vote for are making, you know, these crazy, crazy laws. But these are people that have, you know. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's uh, I, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy to kind of wrap your head around a lot of some of this. Yeah, uh, the lot of this that we're fighting about, and I do feel bad for like the I kind of feel bad for like the eighty born after eighty five people. Okay, because. Well, I'll say this. I, I can admit this. Uh, our generation, if you think about it, we are the most spoiled. Okay. Not just in the good way, not just in the bad ways, but also in the good ways. Okay. How, um, do, you, what do, you, how do you mean? Because, like, like, the boomers were the first ones to really have free time after high school. You know, yeah, I mean, okay. like after high school class, like instead of you know they were able to finish going to school, they didn't have to like do like Pope before World War II where yeah. 
what's you know you made it to eighth grade and once you're okay you're five feet tall now you got to go in the factories and help mom and dad pay the yeah okay yeah absolutely that during the great depression but there was a lot of like free time like you know that show happy days that was like about the 50s you know the yeah, kids yeah. had all kinds of free time dad helped them get the car get a new car and all that yeah help them work on it and stuff and it, you know they had it pretty good and stuff you know they they had their problems. They well, had their yeah, depending on who you, who you point. were as well. I mean, you know, I think at that point, right. you know, it's before right. a lot of the equality, or, and there are right. a lot of. Well, know. I'll say this. I'll say. I'll say like, spoiled black people. Cause the gen, baby boomers were the first spoiled people, but the first spoiled black people was my was our generation. Okay, like you know, to the point where this is the first time in history because of how far we backslid. This is the first time in history where a black person can say, "Wow, twenty-five years ago was was an awful lot of fun." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can say that. Wow, that has never been able to be said before. Yeah, right. So, especially myself, I, I've had you know, I've been dealt better cards than a lot of white people I know. Yeah. So I personally have no complaints about the cards I've been dealt. I haven't always played them the best way. Yeah. But as far as the spoilers thing, I mean, we, we had the best education because here's one thing that a lot of people have overlooked. And if you think about it, from the 70s going on through like maybe the late 90s, we were in a very nostalgic, obsessed society. Okay. Like all of our entertainment, it was so much old stuff that, you know, I was watching Rachel Maddow interview Peter Tork on the monkeys, and she said, he said to her, well, how do you know about so much stuff from the 60s? And she goes, well, Peter, you gotta remember, because she's 46 too. Yeah, okay. So you gotta remember, when I was a little kid, everything on TV was old already. Yeah, yeah. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, she's right. Yeah, I remember those, like, uh, summer afternoons, would, like, summer mornings would always be the same thing. It was like the fucking Gilligan's Island to like six million dollar man to the right. bionic woman and then it was time to like go ride my bike you know it was like all right get the fuck out of the house at like one you know like right sleep, and then even going back farther with like i love lucy the honeymooners yeah, yeah that uh, was always on. show stuff like that yeah, yeah and that and and also like that that's a big reason why like a person born in the 70s knows more about the 40s 50s and 60s yeah, I'm okay. just saying this in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most people born in the '90s know about the '90s, and it's nothing to take away from them. Yeah. But they weren't just like millennials weren't just robbed financially; they also yeah. were robbed historically because once they started coming of age, they started putting a lot of stupid shit on TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, just you the know? amount of content. I think the reason why all we all we saw that stuff all the time was because they were syndicated shows and everyone just needed content, right. you know, like they didn't want to pay for new shows on, you know, Tuesday and they afternoons. they wanted channels as well. Exactly, but they, you know, there was was so much less content that they was just, let's play a fucking Gilligan's Island again, you know, and how many times have you seen, you know, each episode of that or whatever. Right, Dukes of right. fucking Hazard or whatever. All those, like, Saturday, exactly. you know. Yeah. But now there's so much. And, it's the, like, and all the shows you're naming, yeah. Dukes of Hazards, uh, 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 Gilligan's Island and say like reruns of Three's Company. Yeah, that was about as dumb as a lasting show got when we were kids. They really didn't get much dumber than that. And I'm, I'm not talking <laughs> yeah. about the shows that didn't last very long. Yeah, okay. As far as shows that sustained that we saw a lot. 
yeah. didn't really get dumber than that. Yeah, I but mean, Gilligan's Island was Scooby-Doo, you know, live-action Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, even Scooby-Doo kind of made you think a little bit, you know, because <laughs> it kind of made you say, okay, well, let's see, let's try to figure out who, who the mystery is. You yeah, know? right, fair And, enough. of course, as adults, if we watch it now, as soon as it starts, we can figure out who did it. But yeah, as yeah, kids, yeah. you know, uh, we're Schoolhouse Rock as kids. Yeah. You know, uh, that's why a lot of us, when we went to elementary school and they were teaching us things about grammar, some of us were like, "Oh, how did I know that already?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because it was on Schoolhouse Rock every you know every Saturday morning. Do you re- you remember and the Mr. T cartoon? Yes, I do. Where he he, he had a gym, a team of gymnastics kids, and they they drove with around a, in soft with a mohawk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was a great idea for a show. If you thought it like, I would love to be there in a meeting where that show got pitched. To Mr. T let me and add, to, let the, me add that to everyone. To the list of the, the dumb shows that was de- <laughs> as dumb as it got. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good. I mean, I I, was, I thought it was a good one. It was you know it always had the moral. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, like with um, once the nineties rolled around, they started putting on stuff like the Real World, the oh, Jimmy the, Springer yeah. show, shows that go. weren't teaching you to reason. Yeah, they were just teach putting on shows that taught you to react. The reality, and, the reality kind of and stuff. And then, yeah, because yeah, reality shows are just basically reaction stuff. Like when there was a conflict on, like a show, like different strokes or something like that. Yeah, that you know, they they showed you how to work your way through the problem, and at the end of the episode, the problem was solved. And there's always a problem that we tend to that we might have uh, in real life. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of programming you to think a little better. Yeah. They're programming you to, to do that, but well, they, they at least put the examples in front yeah. of you. Okay? Well, Different Strokes is a very... Different Strokes is like a... Different Strokes is like a very... Like, um... Wholesome, you know, life lesson kind of show, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, very much. Uh, I started watching that again recently, and... Yeah, that's a really deep show. Like when it, uh, whenever you bring up different strokes, yeah, people just go, "What you talk about?" What they think that yeah, that yeah. was the show, which is Arnold said that no, that was a really cool show. Yeah, and it was pop- before before the Cosby Show. Different Strokes was undoubtedly the most popular show on television. Yeah, I don't know okay. any kid my age that didn't watch that. Yeah, and Gary Coleman landed his lines better than any had the best comedic timing of any sitcom star I've ever seen. Sounds crazy right now until you All go right. back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, huh. It was incredible. How old was but he? Do you know how old he was when, when that was happening? Much older than what we thought. Thought, okay. Much right. older. Because he has the same, he had the same kidney problem that uh, Emmanuel Lewis Gotcha, has, you know? okay, yeah, yeah. That's why Emmanuel Lewis is like, you know, I haven't seen him in about 15 years, but, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I had that spread red look to him, you know, yeah, yeah, started yeah. getting older. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what happened was with it, once the reality shows started uh, rolling in, now it's like, see, because if, if you look around now, like dialogue is dead. Like we don't work our way through problems anymore. We just react and people are getting bent out of shape about stuff that's not even, you know, yeah, worth getting upset about. You know that whole Liam Neeson thing and stuff like that. that what what is the Liam Neeson thing? I don't. I don't think I, I'm even aware of this. Well, this is what happened. All right, 
Liam Neeson, I guess he was in, he had just gotten out of the military. It must have been like 35 years ago. Okay. Just gotten out. Uh, is either his sister, but I think it might have been his, his sister's best friend, had just gotten raped by a black man. She didn't know who it was. Okay. Now he's young. He's all, you know, full of testosterone. He just got, I mean, he said, he was so incensed that he went out and he said, you know, I'm going to just find a black man to kill just to, you know, yeah, you know, because he just, just out of revenge, anger, revenge. And this was for a very brief time, maybe for like a few days. And then he caught himself. He caught himself and said, wait a minute, that's stupid. Yeah, okay. That is just beyond stupid for me to think like that. I'm ashamed of myself. He renounced that way of thinking. Yeah. And, Reform is like immediately. So here, 35 years later, he's being interviewed, and he brings it up on his own. Okay. And talks about that. Next thing you know, all over social media, gotcha. people are calling him out to be a racist, and this, that, 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 the other. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Hold on a minute. First of all, who wouldn't be half out their mind at the news of something like that. Yeah. Anger doesn't make you think straight. You don't think straight when you're that angry. And on top of that, he did what we want somebody who's thinking racist to do. Reform and renounce the way you act to to think about it. That's what he did. Now, if that's not what is called for, then what the heck is the point of calling out somebody for racism unless you just want to make noise and make yourself be self-righteous. That was the whole, that's yeah. the whole purpose. Yeah. You, you don't just, oh, you're a racist, just so you can point your finger and yell. You yeah. want somebody to change their way of thinking. He did this and did it on his own. Yeah. What, what's the problem? And the point of him and telling the story. That, yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, I, I, I speaking as, as, you know, speaking as a black man, seeing like something like what happened to George Floyd and the numerous times throughout my life I've seen that. Yeah. Even seeing Rodney King getting beat up. What do you think people are thinking? Man, if, oh man, if, if, I, I wish I could just go to a cop and then you catch yourself and say, what the hell am I thinking? Yeah. So that's what I mean by the way we're thinking now. It's like, you know, I mean, I could go on a little bit. I could go on and on about this sort of thing, but I mean, it's kind of, I think I kind of made my point there. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, but it does seem like there needs to be some kind of, um, institutional change in policing. No, do you, do you not agree with that? Oh yeah. Oh yes, we do. Uh, I think the biggest change that we should have since we're going to, you know, and this goes right back to what we were talking about before. Uh, is we have to go back to something that none of this, all this protesting and um, getting a new press and all that stuff is only going to be a temporary fix unless we bring back the fairness doctrine. Okay. Now, I don't know the fairness doctrine inside and out, okay. but I know enough about it to know that from the 1940s up until 1988 when Reagan let it expire or got rid of it or whatever, yeah. The fairness doctrine basically kept the news from becoming propaganda. Yeah. That's basically what it was. 
And once he got rid of that, that's when you started seeing the Rush Limbaugh's yeah. and the Fox Newses and stuff like that. Well, it's like their their opinion pieces, not actual news, but the difference between opinion and news blurs. So, exactly. And what the fairness doctrine did was, even if you did have an opinion on the news, excuse me, if you did have an opinion piece on the news, yeah, what you had to do was you had to give equal amount of time to the counter opposing opinion. Yeah, okay. On that same program, Mm -hmm. and the thing about it is. With the fairness doctrine, it makes it, with the fairness doctrine, now, some people may not like me saying this, but it's that you really can't propel conservative ideologies for people to accept without some form of deception. Yeah. No, or I, some I, form I of half-truth. Yeah. Not saying that everybody else is always telling the truth and is always right. I'm not saying yeah. that. And I'm not saying conservatives are always wrong. But with with the fairness option in place, Rush Limbaugh is still spinning records somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So if we don't bring that back, it's it's basically just going to be like trying to dig a hole in water. Yeah, I mean, I think, and even the way it was written, from from what I understand of it, you know, to try to apply it to the internet and to all the different media avenues now. Is good, you know. Not only did it, you know, was it taken away or let expire, but it's it would be even harder. We should have been for the last thirty years improving it to make it pertinent for the way media is consumed now. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be where we are today if uh, the parents' doctrine was in, was in place. Yeah, no, that's we yeah, because because uh, I mean, okay, like, you know, we're both in mid forties. That means when. We were in kindergarten and first grade. We still had Walter Cronkite on television. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, Dan Rather and uh, Tom Brokaw and, uh, let's see, Ted Koppel. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You turned on the news and you saw ABC News or whatever, you know, whatever news things and stuff. There was no thought that they were blind to. That's how they weren't perfect. They yeah. weren't perfect because, you know, we do know that some of these stations, you know, well, especially black folks have noticed this, that sometimes they take things and skew it. And yeah, of course. Like, Wait a minute, it, yeah. it ain't like that. Well, and I think that's but part of why... Worse than that. That's part of where, where you know, the, the um, lack of faith in institutions that you see now, I think is because those institutions haven't upheld themselves to the highest standards, uh, you know, several times, you know, uh, throughout history, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Like, you know, if, they, if they you remember, if you, you remember the Iraq War in like you know the two thousands or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like NBC, you never saw a dissenting opinion on that on NBC. You know what I'm saying? So now right. when they're like, you know, it's, I feel like you know over time you lose credibility by by doing things like that. You know. Well, you're you're absolutely right, and I think CNN and MSNBC where they messed up. And I kind of saw what they were trying to do uh, because MSNBC and CNN, they weren't necessarily opinion stations until they were counteracting Fox. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. CNN was just like the old day news. You You know, forever CNN was just the news. Nobody questioned whether or not 
they were lying or anything because there was no reason to. It wasn't like we were just naive or anything. They weren't... Okay, here's a better way of putting it. There was no emotion in what they were talking about. They were just news people. You know, news yeah. people should just be emotionless. They were always that way. And then when Fox goes out there yeah. and starts being all uh, emotional and fired up and lying, and then you see that they have the highest ratings and most people listen to us, then as yeah. a counteract, to counter that, CNN and MSNBC tries to give kind of an opposing side to that, kind of the even and out, but then it looks, but then they start looking like they're, you know, they're too much emotion and not enough just hear straight news. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's the question of, can you afford to do that? Yeah. You know, whenever I, when I go to visit my parents, they're just watching MSNBC nonstop and they are just constantly in a state of, um, fury at like whatever it is that Trump did that day. And I, you know, I'm there and he, you know, just the hour or two that I spend there, like listening to it in the background gives me anxiety and I'm like, you right. guys need to turn this off. Like, put on cooking shows or some <laughs> shit. And they're like, well, no, do you hear what he did? And I was like, of course. But does it surprise you? Is it going to change anyone's mind? It was the whole, like, uh, that dude's book um, where he knew that COVID was whatever. Who the fuck doesn't realize? That, who was it? The Bob Woodard? Was that the guy that put out the book that were like... He did an interview. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard about that. I haven't even seen that yet. <laughs> but it was when, it was right after that came out, whenever that was, like, two months ago. And it's like, well, did you not know that? Like, everybody knew that. It's no one's opinion of him is going to change. You're just making yourself upset for no fucking reason. you got to turn this shit off. Like, it's no... It's it's like um, porn, almost, where, you, you know, like, agitation porn or whatever it is is why they watch it, just to get themselves all fucking fired up and upset and it's just not, I don't think it's good for them or for anybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and sometimes I go on Facebook, I go on Facebook silence sometimes for, for that very reason. Yeah. You know, sometimes I have to back off of that. But yeah, when, when it starts getting your blood flowing like that, yeah, you know, and it, it's almost like, I shouldn't even say it's almost like, it's like that's the purpose just to get us all reacting and yeah. at each other's yeah. throats a lot of younger people don't know this, but yeah, back in the nineties, we were not at each other's throats like this. I, I wouldn't even say like, I, I wouldn't even say we were at each other's throats during the first part of Bush's administration. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we we weren't even during like even during the nineties, like OJ and Rodney King didn't even have people fighting with each other like that, you know? And if it was, it was just that. It wasn't like we were just fighting about every doggone thing. Yeah. Well, I think like, like what you were saying about CNN, I remember in the nineties, like, you know, right after I graduated high school, right even before like Waco and then OJ, um, CNN for those, when they had to do the, started doing the 24 hour news cycle. I think that really affected, you know, because then you can't just tell the same fucking thing over and over and over. You have to have people start speculating on it and start giving that their you know their opinions kind of came into it. Just because people wanted, you know, they could make money by just doing twenty four hours of fucking O.J. Simpson or Waco stuff. You know, following the Waco situation, but there's no new fucking news. 
you know, every hour. So you just have to make yeah. shit up to fill that time, you know? That's very true. That is very true. Yeah, you're right. They did uh, just say the same thing over and over again until, you know. Yeah, I mean, because well, if you only do news, yeah, three times a day, like, then it's not, you know. I don't know. It might have even been more than that, you know. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, you know, you used to have, like, our parents used to have, like, what, the morning, you know, the 6 o'clock news, the fucking 10 o'clock news, you know, it was, like, on three times a day. And that was like three hours a day, you know, each station would just do their whatever the fuck they, you know, then, then it was on to Barney Miller or whatever's on afterwards, you know. Uh, dude, dude, that is, uh, actually, uh, Barney Miller was one of those shows that <coughs> yeah, I didn't one. watch growing up because it was always on when something else I wanted to watch was okay. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, over the past, uh, let's say over the past month and a half, I've been discovering Barney Miller. Okay. That is a great freaking show, man. Yeah, it was a good one. I remember that watching. We had uh, my grandmother's house. She lived up in Cragsmore. I don't know if you know where that is. It's like outside of Ellenville on the fucking mountain up 52 on the way to Pine Bush. Yeah. Kinda. But she had, you know, an antenna. So we got like Channel 11 and Channel 5. I think that was fucking it. Maybe Channel 2. But there's only three, right. three channels. And Barney Miller used to be on Channel 11 like six times a day so i've seen all those fucking you know <laughs> all those episodes i i um yeah that um i think uh i saw my first episode of mash oh like, wow months ago like all the way through yeah because again mash was one of those shows that was always on but again huh. Barney Miller and mash was one of those shows that made you think yeah you yeah. know, yeah, Mash was you, like. You'd a, be amazed at how intelligent of a show, intelligently written of a show, Gomer Pyle of all things is. Huh. All right. I think that Have was. You watched Gomer Pyle in a while. That was before my time, I think, and it was like not one of those things that was on any of the stations that like my parents or grandparents had. So no, I've. All right. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it was on in syndication a lot when I was growing up. They would usually put it on right after. Uh, Ah, uh, the Andy Griffith show, you know. Yeah, okay, right on. Another great show. Yeah, those two, but, those two, like not so much. Were, weren't never on over and over and over on any of the stations that I had growing up. Man. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, yeah, I, I think I might watch a couple episodes of Barney Miller tonight before <laughs> I could have. So <laughs> what do you what do you watch? Is that on Netflix or what? What is Barney Miller on? Uh, they're on. Uh, Daily Motion, and I watch it mainly on YouTube. Okay, all right. You know, yeah. Was it Wojciechowski uh, or what, what the fuck is, was the Pollock's guy's name? I think his name was what? what oh, jeez, Wojciechowski. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then Har- like Harris. That. Harris was a smooth black guy, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, in fact, I think one of the first episodes I saw is when well. I'll just say Wojo, because that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Wojo, I guess he met some girl, girl in Greenwich Village, and she gave him some brownies. Oh, shit. And he brought it to the station, <laughs> and <laughs> everybody but Barney was eating them, and they didn't know that they were laced oh, okay. Cash. All right. And uh, I'll just say it was a pretty funny episode. That's a funny theme for an episode. <laughs> you know, like, a bunch of cops on weed brownies is a funny episode, like, now. So to do yeah. that in 1984 or whenever the fuck they did it, that's pretty cool. Like that was yeah. actually, I think, 76. Oh wow, that was the, wow. All right. 
you know. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. right. Yeah, right around when we were fucking born. You're in like the good times in, uh, you know, what's happening years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, I'm def- I think. I think most. I think. I think most. Uh, uh, most of the people I know that my age were like TV junkies back then. Yeah, because well, what the fuck else are you going to do? Like, you can ride your bike, you can play in the woods or whatever, but right. you know, only so, you know, there's there's only th- three channels or there's only so many channels, so. Yeah, and it kind of made it so you had to be a good show to be on television, yeah. you know? Good Times was a, a good one. I used to enjoy it, but like, I think there were certain, t- like, they had, they had episodes where it just got fucking heavy. And uh, I was, like, so young at the time that I just didn't under, you know, it was, like, hard to process what the fuck was going on on some of those Good Times episodes. Uh, which show? What, like, uh, Brian Million? No, good, good Times. Oh, yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Times was quite heavy. Yeah, they're, like, you it know. Was, it was very heavy. That was, of all the sitcoms, that might have been the most. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny, dude, very, I, <laughs> Possibly the most ironic meme of all the sitcom shows ever was Good Times, you know. Yeah. Me and the telegram that me and the, the telegram that the uh, you know the patriarch of the family died in a car accident and stuff, and it's like, wait, yeah. why is this called Good Times again? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, that's what I remember JJ as a kid, like and stuff, you know. Yeah, it got serious. Uh, the Jeffersons yeah. would always be on. Like for some reason, there was like oh, the tons and tons of Jeffersons episodes. <laughs> on channel yeah, that's 11. true. It was that was show was on for like ten years, so mm-hmm. that not only was in syndication, but it was still even on television while it was on syndication. But yeah, it was kind of that was one of those shows that was hard to miss. And that's an Archie Bunker but, spinoff. But, but see, but these shows there, one of the things that they did that was that was one of the things that kind of helped bridge things. Yeah, you know, because if you think about it, there's not really too much that. Our parents experienced that we didn't really know about, you know, which goes back to the thing about why we're so spoiled. It's it's, it's kind of, we, we were able to absorb history because yeah. it was just, history was always around us. When the movie back, that, that's why if they were to redo Back to the Future, they wouldn't be able, if they couldn't even make that storyline work because when Marty McFly went back in time, from 85 to 55, the world wasn't really that foreign to him. Now, of course, it was just a movie. We do know that. Yeah. But even to us who were kids watching the movie, when he started singing Johnny B. Good, yeah. we knew the song and we knew who wrote it. Now, if they were to do a thing now where you go back to like 1985 now, yeah. How many ten and eleven year old kids are gonna know, you know, Mister Mister? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, okay. that's it's interesting. Like, I feel like the game Rock Band or Guitar Hero changed a lot of like the underground, you know, like metal stuff or shit I listened to as a kid that nobody fucking knew about. But to hear like okay. Sl- Slayer or like these early Metallica songs on. You know, a video game where like these little kids in 2008 fucking know, you know, these are rocking out these fucking Slayer Dio songs or stuff that, you know, not everybody listened to back when I was a kid, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I have to say I'm still unfamiliar with those. Yeah. Heard of all of them. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. 
There's some of that. But you yeah, need somebody yeah. will put on Slayer to get you to leave the room or something. <laughs> yeah, is that the Chase Kevin Smith out music? Yeah. Like, okay, all right, so as I know when I'm not wanted, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Good to know. Um, right on. So, and when do you think, like, you have four, these four hours of material and like, like I said, probably three now because you're cutting, you're cutting it down. Yeah. But like, do you, when do you hope or when, when do you think like you'll be able to perform this stuff? When this, uh, COVID thing is over. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be over. Let me, let me find a better way to this. Yeah. Okay. Say that. I mean, that was a pretty uh, shitty question, too, but it was a broad question. No, well, it wasn't a shitty question. It was a shitty answer. Let me try to give you a better answer. Jeez, um, one is what I think. It's, I'm, not, I'm, not really too, I'm not really too sure. I mean, if it happens any time, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm hoping no later than like next spring, because I think, I think next spring is when we're finally going to be over all of this. Yeah. Um, even if mainly, hopefully we have a vaccine, but if not, I think that the adjustments will be made. They're going to figure out some kind of way. Yeah. Uh, we're human beings. We've always figured out stuff. If we can get to the moon and yeah. we can put the dang camera on, on, uh, Mars yeah. that can, you know, if we can put a remote control car with a camera on Mars, we can figure this COVID thing out. Yeah. Right on. You know, it's just a matter of you know, when, but I, I'd rather perform in, in front of people. Plus, I think it might happen before that. The comedy thing might happen before we get over the COVID yeah. thing because I'm starting to see some people doing that. Some, like, yeah. socially distant kind of uh, shows and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 I mean, if they're having, uh, you know, I, I just saw this from, you know, if, if they're having rallies, not Trump style, but Obama... Obama, you know, he's doing the speeches and, yeah. and you're hearing people beeping with their cars and stuff. And if we got to do, if we got to do a uh, comedy in, at a drive-in. Oh, fuck yeah. I, shoot, I, I, I'd be down for that. All right. You got to get somebody to set that up. That, in fact, that might even make even more material, you know, the <laughs> awkwardness of that. Yeah. Awkwardness, awkwardness makes great comedy. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Quite an awkward guy, so you know, <laughs> kind of helps. I don't know. I think you're. I feel. I feel like this has gone pretty smooth, despite you not being able to hear me half the time. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I think my acting skills may be kicking in or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, is there anything else you want to get into before I let you go? Uh. The forty-six. Uh, We're both no, forty-six. See, see, if you ask me that, if you ask me that. As soon as we hang up, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I could have talked about this and that. Yeah, but there's, we're both 46. We kind of went into that already. Is that what you're saying? Like, did we cover that with the uh, the TV shows and whatnot? Uh, well, there's so much of that to cover. Yeah. You know, there's so much of that. I'm just, you know, it's, like, it's easier for that to come out more in, like, an organic conversation. I mean, I gotcha. must feel like... Like, you know, the thing about, uh, we said about doing comedy, not in front of a crowd or just, just talking like about something like this, but one-on-one, I could think of more stuff. You know, there's always the, there's yeah. an audience anxiety going on thing. 
Gotcha. But like, you know, as far as like, you know, being our age and whatnot, I mean, it's just, like I said, I don't think any generation is better than any other generation. It's, that's the law I was going to say about that. Yeah, just, no, that makes sense. Some people are fortunate enough to be born at a certain time. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that, I think like that whole nostalgia thing helped us connect I with think, like earlier. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we're more, I think we relate to, I think people born before 85 okay. relate to each other far more smoothly yeah. than say somebody born after 85 okay. uh, relates to people born before 85, you know? All right. And it's been, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, like I said, they were kind of robbed of that, you know? Yeah. Which, uh, why, you know, which, which is why I think like a lot of older people shouldn't really, but I think, all right, I'll just end it with this. There, there's two different, there's two things that, that the younger people should do and what the older people should do. Okay. First of all, the older people, they should kind of lighten up a little bit on the younger people because it's like, well, you can't really knock the way people think when you're the one who taught them that when you, when, you know, yeah. kind of like saying, oh, what an ugly picture. That picture's really stupid. And it's yeah. like, well, aren't you the one that drew it? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And one thing that younger people need to understand is you can't expect people of a certain age to just omit everything that you personally don't know. Yeah. Like if you can't remember life before 9-11, that's fine, but don't expect for all of us who can remember life before 9-11 to them pretend that it didn't exist and only see things based on yeah, your perspective. Okay. Right on. That's, you know, that's the my my clumsy little sign out there. All right. I mean, I think those are good 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 words to to follow. And I'm uh, and as I say, yo, I appreciate I appreciate your call, brother. Hell's yeah, man! It was great talking to you. It was nice talking to you too, man. Hopefully, yeah. I see you again sometime this week, strolling. Yeah, I'd like that. Hopefully, I run into you, man. All right. All right, Kevin Smith. Thanks, bud. Have a good night. Hey, you too, man. Enjoy Talk the, you soon, the Barney Miller. All right. All right, that was Kevin Smith. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that. You know, I feel like this uh, seasonal shit gets gets me in a mood and I get all pissy. But then, you know, you drink a couple of beers, you talk to Kevin Smith for a little while, he cheers you right the fuck up. Everyone's texting me like, why isn't the, the Facebook live stream up? It's like, eh, not this time, bitches. All right, so we're going to play a song from Tim V's new... He just put out an album. I think, I don't know if it was before COVID or during it, something like that. But, um... We're going to play one of his songs, and then we'll come back and give him a call. Let me text him. All right. Uh, which one am I going to do? I figured this out earlier, and then I forgot. We're going to do Snake Charmer. It's a na- this, the title track of Tim V's uh, album here. Jazz me under And every single 
Welcome back to episode 20 of 15 Beers on Tuesday Afternoon. That was uh, Snake Charmer, the title track from Tim V's debut solo album. Uh, we'll be talking to him next. We just had Kevin Smith. Um, I was in kind of a shitty mood before I started this. I guess maybe it's, maybe it's just alcoholism. I was in a shitty mood because I wasn't drinking yet. Now I got a few beers in me and I'm all, all cheered the fuck up. Um, all right. Well... That the last song, the Snake Charmer song, I almost cut off too early because it has that little outro piece. But I'm glad I didn't. All right, let's give Tim V a call. See what's up. Hopefully he can he can hear me. I think. Whoa! Hello. Hey, what's up, bud? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I Good. can hear you. Okay. Yeah, the, the last dude I talked to um, was having a hard time hearing me for some reason. And I don't know what the fuck was. I'm not it's so good at this. A little, little muffly. Little muffly. All right. Let's see if I can fix it. I don't know, know what the fuck I'm doing. How you doing, bud? Uh, now I'm having a hard time hearing you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God damn it. Now is that any better? Is it better? 
That's better, yeah. Okay. How are you doing? Where were you at? You in Austin, Texas? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I thought I had more time, uh, but the <laughs> the restaurant that I'm delivering from speaking their sweet time, so you are now coming with me on a, my last delivery before I was going to take a pause. So, yeah. it, is this DoorDash, or are you working for the restaurant itself? I'm doing DoorDash, yeah. Okay. It, well, that's that's yeah. interesting. What's the rest, Which restaurant are you picking up from? Chili's. Okay. Nice. I, I yeah. used to, I, I, that's probably better now. I was doing like DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub for a while, and Grubhub would always bring me to Applebee's. And uh, yeah. when there were people in there, like the servers fucking hate me, um, you know, because they're busy. There's people at the bar and shit, you know. But now that there's yeah. no one at the or well, what's what's Texas doing? Are there people at the bar in a Chili's in Texas right now? Oh yeah, there's. I mean, most of the restaurants here are pretty pretty packed. Okay. Uh, there's like they're not at full capacity theoretically at least, right? Yeah, for the most part, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you go down to there's places like called the Domain, and uh, it is yeah, it's just full of people that all full capacity. Everybody at the bars. Wow. Most of the restaurants, especially on like a Friday, Saturday night. So it's pretty weird to yeah kind of walk around and see that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. And so you you do just DoorDash, right? Yeah, doing Uber for a while, but the Uber is uh, was dead by early March, and I tried doing it the other day. Figured I'd uh, give it a whirl, and yeah. uh, it was yeah, it was nothing. I see online that uh, there's a couple of groups that I uh, am involved in with Uber and DoorDash and all that. Yeah, and, uh, I see people are still making like seven hundred dollars a week, so I'm not sure where they're doing it, but they're getting it done. Yeah. So have you been not doing it as much? You were renting a car for a while, right? Like pre-COVID? Well, Uber, with, with Uber, yeah. I was, I was uh, pretty much working from like 11 in the morning until 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Oh, wow. And you were doing, you were doing, you were driving people as well as this was before COVID, that was, right? That was just Uber, yeah. Yeah. DoorDash okay. wasn't very good in the uh, last late part of the year. I mean, I also was was still trying to figure out the city and everything because I yeah, just, yeah. just got in the car back and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I enjoy it. Like, I used to like doing, in Kingston, the Uber Eats were the best because there's this place, uh, Kennedy Fried Chicken, that's kind of like a oh, yeah. better, you know, it's like a late night whatever and uh, right. just characters from there and then the deliveries were always fucking bizarre and it was like, Almost like watching a TV show, but still making a little bit of money. Like while you're doing it, you know. Yeah, every night's a new adventure. Especially if I had to take the late shift, going up to called North Loop. Okay. Oh boy, oh, there's a there's a uh, a Denny's up there. It is a constant shit show of just random homeless people fighting each other <laughs> and just like who it the is, fuck it is wild. Who the fuck is ordering DoorDash Denny's? Like a moon over fucking Miami. You can have that brought oh, to your man. house. It's fucking crazy town. See, huh? see, now you're talking my jam. I would be ordering moves over my <laughs> Yeah, that's your, your shit. <laughs> that's fucking funny. That's my shit. That's what, so, I mean, for you, like, how many, you, how big is Austin? How many people do you know? Austin, uh, boy, I forgot. I, yeah. I have looked it up. But before. it's a lot bigger than uh, Kingston. So, yeah, Kingston, you just don't have enough people to, like, oh, yeah. you know, like, most of the delivery services here cut off at, like, 11. Eleven thirty. Yeah, it, you know. it, 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 there's a definite significant drop in uh, like tips and payout after like nine o'clock. But uh, yeah, you know the thing I like about DoorDash, you can just kind of choose what yeah. orders you want to take. So I gotcha. can pretty much cherry pick all the good ones. 
Yeah. I had it with the Kennedy fried chicken once. I had his delivery. It's kind of like to uh, one of the housing projects around here. And the instructions are just hand it through the window, like pass yeah. it through the window. <laughs> and you go up oh, and there's just this like ashy ass hand and the blinds are all busted <laughs> up and the lights are out. But the hand is just out there waiting for me to pass this bag of fucking fried chicken to him. And it's like, this is like a horror movie or something. You know, this is fucked up. And this is, you know, I don't know. Yeah, things are really weird with it, yeah. has, like, delivery now. I mean, just the way people this was This was pre-COVID. Like, this was pre-COVID. Oh, really? So, yeah. This, wow. No. Like, I would have liked to have just left it in front of his door. That would have been much better for me than fucking passing it yeah, to his hand I've been, through the... I've been in enjoying very much just being able to leave food at the door and stuff but like yeah. I, there's a part of me that kind of misses and like by all means i i don't i don't want covid to be a thing but part of me misses when the off the traffic was just gone and oh, was oh yeah like early exactly. on like march and april oh, yeah. yeah yeah this this job was pretty much the easiest job in the world at that point i mean you could drive yeah. to austin at four four o'clock in the afternoon on a uh, Wednesday and not have a single issue. <laughs> yeah, that's what I started doing you know, deliveries for the anchor right around that. I'm still doing them now. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was like, you know, stop signs, schmops, you know, because Kingston has like 3,000 four way stops. And it was like, no one's getting pulled over. So you can just kind of, you know, roll through those. And it was it was <laughs> much easier to navigate your way around, you know. Right. Yeah. This has definitely been a learning curve because I, I usually hate drivers around the country i think the i-4 in florida was my least favorite place in the country until i moved off oh yeah the drivers here are just pure just insanity all the time well that's it's also a city that's like had a huge population boom right so maybe the infrastructure isn't quite ready for oh yeah yeah that's what i mean i haven't been there in a while i think we stopped at, at Dwayne marks on the setzer tour but the last time i've actually been in austin i think was the a tour with Lara maybe like three or four years ago where we played this bar in this neighborhood where it's this whole fucking awesome neighborhood of bars, but the, the sky rises are going up behind them. And then, you know, there's these bars are just going to become lanes of the highway or whatever. And it was like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But it's just constantly building. Uh, what is it? The, it's their, uh, I picked up a couple of people at the end of last year and they were like, I'm telling you, this is the new Silicon Valley. They're really trying to, make Austin where it's at opposed to northern you know northern California or wherever yeah all that stuff had been booming for a while and they're like you know everybody's moving over to Austin now from from California well so now that now that Joe now, Rogan moved now that Joe Rogan moved to Texas everybody's gonna come right right uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, Alex Alex Jones's crew was actually in the uh Chili's the bar. Just now? <laughs> no what? his uh his like yeah the Chili's <laughs> now it was at a place called the Broken Spoke and uh his film crew was actually there. I've, I've been playing upright bass with this guy named Lance, and uh, oh, okay, it was it was weird. They they, they really like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like yeah. There's uh, Alex Jones's crew is over there. Is that gonna bother you? I'm like uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> as long as nobody's too ridiculous, I'm I'm I don't care. And uh, yeah, I sat down and everybody was pretty chill nobody brought up any politics and stuff mm-hmm. and it was, it was nice to kind of see folks who do that uh, as a living uh just kind of just chill out and enjoy some music yeah um, but yeah it was, it was kind of surreal i was like oh okay so this is happening this is a thing <laughs> yeah i mean it's crazy how how that how politicized it is where that's an issue like, i wish it was i wish it was joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Just listen to that guy's interesting conversations, I'm sure, to be a yeah. fly in the room. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. But that's a weird thing about Austin where it is like the like kind of liberal mecca of a very conservative state. Where like yeah. y- you came from Gloversville. I'm not sure how that is. But like I know Ooh. there's you know like the, kind of the opposite maybe the conservative era of a liberal state, you know, like Right. All right. Yeah. Now I get to cut this food off and you guys get to come with me. What what they get? <laughs> what they order? Let's see. We got a uh Baby back ribs? Baby back skillet queso with a crispy honey chipotle chicken crisp. Oh yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Those fucking chilies and Applebee's, like the fucking alliteration on the fucking the free. Yeah, it's like literally crispy chicken, crispy chipotle mm -hmm. chicken, crispy. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's been a a challenge doing this job. Not just really want to just quit and make off with some food. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to the higher end restaurants. Oh yeah, the good shit. Some steaks. Uh, the Kennedy Fried Chicken again. They they would tell me the story while I'm, while I'm waiting. The, the guy told me the story like about another Uber Eats driver, and so he picks up the order, has a milkshake with it, and they go. He drops it off, or he leaves with the order. Then he comes back to the Kennedy Fried Chicken. He's like, "Can I get another vanilla milkshake?" And the guy's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I ax- I drank it." <laughs> And so the guy, the guy, the guy's kind of stunned. So he actually just gives him another milkshake to take back to the dude. And then it happens again, <laughs> and the, and the guy at Kennedy Fried Chicken is like, "No, you you can't. You have to stop drinking the milkshakes." It's oh like, yeah, now you know he's just drinking them and drinking them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, no matter how the temptation, uh, you no, know, you, you keep your hands I've, off. I've held off. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now I'm done. Now I can. Now I can focus here. All right. I mean, that was. I don't know. We could. You can keep doing deliveries. We could, you know, see what people are eating. <laughs> we can go. What? Well, I don't mind talking while driving, but yeah. delivering and talking and driving. Like, I'll, I'll pull over. I just got a fucking uh, two hundred and fifty dollars cell phone ticket the other day. So that, oh, that I got a two hundred and fifty dollars cell phone ticket. Sorry, two hundred and fifty dollars cell phone ticket. I was like taking a oh. delivery, and I wasn't yeah. sure where the complex was. Um, so I texted Stacy. She called me back, or I called her. I forget what it was, but I was on the phone for like a second. It started at a traffic light. But then the light went, so I went, and uh, immediately, like, over the summer, there were a couple shootings in Kingston, so I think they have, like, state troopers pulling over everybody for everything, and I think that's how they're going to, they think that's how they're going to stop heroin dealers from shooting at each other, but it's not really an effective strategy. Um, And a cell phone ticket, I've never gotten a cell phone ticket before, but $250 seems, and that's, like, pleading down, seems fucking Did you get any points on your license? No, no. See, I have never had a ticket in my life, and I was going through Albany, and uh, I had a, I was at a stoplight, and the sun at where I was was directly in my eyes, I'm trying to look at my phone to see where I'm supposed to go, literally just picked it up for a second, saw where I was supposed to go, and then went to put it down, and I got pulled over, and that guy gave me a ticket, and they put four points on my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) See, this is like, I think they, um... Because it's weird, they're not doing court now. So I send in the thing, and they're just like they send me back a letter, and there's no there's no date on it, but yeah. it's basically like just email this dude and work it out with him. 
I guess the prosecutor or whatever. So I email oh, him. Wow. I'm like, how do we do this? And he emails me back from his like iPad. No like heading. No, you know, it's just like a paragraph. It's like a text that you would send somebody, you know. And it's just like we, yeah. can, we can plead down to this, and it's just a bunch of numbers. It doesn't say what it is, but it's like a non-moving thing. Two hundred twenty-five dollar fine, twenty-five dollar court fee. So I mailed back. Oh, I was fuck. like, you know, I'm doing deliveries. Like, you know, I'm just trying to I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Like, right. You know, I was on my phone for a second. This seems like kind of crazy. Can you work with the fine a little bit? He's like, no. You know, that's the, otherwise yep. you're going to get points on your license. And it's like, all right, well, fuck me then. I guess that's. Fine. Yeah, I would have. I would have opted for the two hundred and fifty dollar uh, ticket if they would have just not put points on my license. Yeah. So <laughs> was did you still have to pay a significant fine as well? Yeah. Yeah, I had to pay a fine, and then uh. On top of the, yeah, what is it? Um, you have to wait four years for those to go away or something. Yeah, like that. I've never had points on my license. How does how does that affect you? It makes your insurance go up, or if you get, you know, money. it's weird because I'm, I'm when I signed up for my insurance, they said, "Have you gotten any tickets?" And all I said was, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Honor <laughs> system. Frankly, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been. Uh, I only pay sixty dollars for my insurance per month. It used to be thirty five, but apparently, if you change uh, insurance companies a lot. Okay. I don't like that. So. Oh wow! I thought that was better to do that because I feel like there yeah. were. I think it was progressive where it just like got more and more and more until I just like switched and then it got a lot cheaper. Yeah, I used to like to go. Yeah, thirty-five dollars a month. I used to pay for this guy. Wow. And, uh, yeah. What are you driving out there? Now I'm driving an Uber rental car for a thousand dollars a month. Oh, a thousand a month. Okay. What do you What do you got? What do they give you? So essentially, it's thirty-five dollars a day. Uh, I go and pick up a car. They give me a vehicle um, with insurance, all the coverages, uh, anywhere I am in the country. If I need a, a tow, and, uh, if it breaks down or something, they're nice. on it. Is uh, there any uh, yeah. mileage issue? Like you'd have to drive a nope. lot. No, there's no mileage. Yeah, I can drive anywhere in the country I want to. The only places I can Uber, though, are Texas and Oklahoma, which is weird, but I believe Oklahoma is where Uber is based. But yeah, that's uh, it's not a bad deal. I get to uh, We actually did a February tour in the Kia Rio. <laughs> okay, nice. Is, yeah. that, is that where you're and, driving uh, right now as well, or you get something new? No. I, my favorite that they give me is the Hyundai Elantra, because that gives me about 45 miles to the gallon. But I am now in a Kia uh, something or other... I don't know these ones. These ones, not a fan of the Kia cars, but they keep giving them to me. Okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's working out. I mean, not bad for thirty-five bucks a day. Uh, be able to get back and forth and not have to worry about breaking down. Cause yeah, fair enough. Have definitely. Seen my luck with vehicles over the last ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have. Um. So, what you said I, you did a tour in one of these cars. When was that? Was that when you were up here? Yeah, that was back in February. Okay. And, and you, uh, that you, was when Bill and Shannon and I went out. Okay, right on. And what do you take? You, you did another trip, like even during this, no? Uh, I've been roaming around, uh, so I get this car for a month. Uh, I guess they're changing it to two months, which is actually kind of rad. But I can take this out for for a full month before I have to have it back to Austin to renew my contract and okay. all that stuff. So yeah, I've been roaming around and. Uh, Bill and I went up to the Northwest recently on that uh, this little adventure where I wanted to see if we could DoorDash our way around the Northwest. Oh, wow. And have gas, yeah. and gas enough to get back to Texas. And uh, every place that we stopped, I made at least 50 to to $100 per day. Uh, we only worked to enough to put gas and, and get food, you know? Yeah, fuck And yeah. Uh, we, we went and saw 
bunch of random stops at the uh, parks, national parks, and all that, and went kayaking in some lakes and rivers. And that's pretty, pretty awesome. And, yeah. Uh, I wish we would yeah, like if we would have had if, if that would have been an option like during the Tiger Piss days or whatever, like right. you know to just be able to do that for an extra forty or fifty bucks to like not. To, so we could have cigarettes and a little bit of food each day. Oh, you yeah. know, would have made things like a lot easier. I think you know, it's a it's a definitely a game changer because like even with having a pretty decent sized van, if you go to the outskirts of the city where you're just delivering from mm-hmm. Chipotle's and Applebee's and Chili's and all that, you know, you, yeah. you're you can still make fifty bucks, uh, yeah. hang out for a few hours, yeah, you know, and that'll at least take care of you. And that's yeah, definitely something I wish. Yeah, same thing think about it all the time like all the years back when i was in texas doomtown and all that and how much we traveled around and we were just like barely scraping the gas yeah you know? yeah <laughs> running on fumes yeah i mean that's how it used to, i don't smoke now so now looking back i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you but there would be times where yeah. it's like all right well i have 20 bucks but that's that's gonna be cigarettes for like the next two or three days so I would yeah. just like not eat for three days, and you know everyone else is yep. eating because they just use their money on food, not cigarettes. Yep. But it's like, yeah, I had a I had a trick. <laughs> yeah, the, the Taco Bell coin game. I was oh yeah, I know. Thing. I've seen that. Yeah, you can win a free bean burrito <laughs> every fucking time. Yep. That's, yeah, that's pretty much how I fed myself on tour for when we do the three month runs. And boy, that t- definitely takes a toll on your body. But <laughs> yeah. at least I was able to eat. When you when you and me drove down to Muddy Roots, you showed me that in a the Matamoras, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. So so Tex Rally yep. Doomtown was that like your first band or your first band that you like started playing shows out with or the first band that I was ever in was called The Derelicts, and we were just a shitty punk rock band from our little hometown. And uh, after that, they dispersed after they fired me and and uh probably about two or three years later they were about to do a tour and they lost their singer and their guitarist and that's when they were the designer drugs mm-hmm. so that's when i hopped onto that tour and uh i believe it was um damn it now i'm forgetting what's the uh record label there who owned the bar the right down the road from you guys uh oh altercation, altercation. yeah 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 they they had signed them that year and we went and did this first trip around the country and it was just it was that was pretty much the eye opener on what I want to do for the rest of my and life and you were playing you were playing upright bass for that band or you were playing no I was playing the uh, Ibanez Artcore hollow body guitar oh so you, okay so your your first instrument was guitar guitar and drums yeah I played drums for that derelict band and then uh, switched over to guitar when we went on that tour Okay. I was the, the lead player. Oh wow! All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, just, it's just curious. Like it's interesting for me because I I met you as an upright bass player, but right. now yeah, then I saw so you as a solo player, like you know playing mandolin yeah. or guitar, you know. So it's interesting. Yeah, for a long, long time, a lot of folks had no idea that I played anything but upright bass, and that's <laughs> I only got into upright bass because Sean had called me and from Texas and said. uh, Hey, uh, we we need this show. I think it was the goddamn gala. They're like, our, our bass player fell through. Do you know how to play? And I said, nope. And he's like, do you want to try? And I said, sure. And uh, right. my buddy Al let me borrow his bass, and I went and played that show. Did absolutely terribly, and uh, <laughs> nobody really cared because it was just 
Mayhem Halloween yeah. Goddamn Gallo show. So. Where was that? That was in Albany or in Gilton? Where? Yeah, that, that was up in Albany. Uh, what venue? Back in Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, downstairs, upstairs? Downstairs, yeah. Okay, nice. That's what a lot of the early... Lara went to college in Albany, so like some we did some early Tiger Piss stuff there, and it was it was always a good time yeah. in Valentine's. The place isn't around anymore, right? Nope, and uh, I believe the low beat where they turned into has just closed down as well, which yeah. is super unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks. It'd be nice if like well, I mean I'm sure there's some place in Albany. I just don't know where the fuck it is. You know, right next door, I believe Polly's Hotel is still a thing. Oh um, yeah, okay. Sean was booking for there for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, that 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 place rules, and but yeah. it, you know it just sucks to see it somewhere like the low beat looked exactly like Valentine's, just without the upstairs. You know they yeah. did a really good job, and then to to lose both of those those venues, and it's like watching that all the flies drop around the country of all the yeah. favorite places I love playing. Oh well, yeah, apartment. now with this COVID, yeah, it's yeah venues. Not a good the jinx broke my fucking heart. Oh God, I, yeah, I was I was super broken about that. Yeah. I feel like the best Tiger Piss tour shows we've ever had were, have all been there, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, when I lived in Savannah for that year, I, I was, like, home I'm, every single night after getting off of work. That's exactly where I was going, you know? Yeah, it was a great joint. Um, I guess yeah. they're going to open something else, but, like, just that room had, like, a fucking magic to it, I feel like. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I'm, I know that it'll uh, they'll be able to pull out some more magic somewhere else, but that, that was definitely something. Yeah. So that's you lived in Savannah. So that was that. Like you went from New York. Was that the first place you lived? Because you you've kind of like had been interesting. Like where you just go and live in a different spot for a little while and then move around, right? Yeah, I lived in Rhode Island, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia. Where'd you live in Pennsylvania? I lived in Philly. I lived oh, okay. in Center City for a little while. All right. And uh, yeah, I just. Yeah, definitely. I've hit a few few states now. <laughs> and that, but you've been in you've been in Austin for a bit, right? Yeah, I've been here for coming up on two years. I was in Houston the year before that. After my van broke down, after that, how is how is uh, Houston? Houston seems like a weird city to me. Houston is definitely a weird city. If it's not, if it wasn't for you know Bobby Page, Randall, and Howell, and Chris, and all the other folks, and just making it worth what it was uh, I don't know yeah, it's definitely just like one of the cities where what was uh, oh I can't even remember right right near the little Galveston near Galveston that like that's that's pretty much the touristy area and then like downtown it's just kind of boring you know yeah. like you have Scout Bar which is awesome you know and, and venues like that that were worth going down to and hanging out and seeing shows but for me I just kind of need a little bit more to do you know yeah, we Tiger Piss our first few tours. We'd play this place called Natsuo, which is Houston backwards. It was downtown, but it was like this weird art space, and it smelled like cat piss because they had cats that lived there and just pissed over <laughs> everything. It was I don't know, it was a fucking fiasco. It was never like yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had a good show in in Houston per se. It's definitely a hard hard crowd. It's a hard sell. Uh, even Austin, man, like, we don't really play in town much here at all. Uh, Saturday is actually the first show with Dwayne Mark that, that I have played with him since January, I think. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's... And you're yeah, live... we've only done... You've done some live streams. Yeah, live streams, okay, but not out, out shows, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and you, are you living in the trailer out of the chicken farm? Yep, yep. I'm uh, for about another month or so, and then I'm going to be uh, scooting on up probably northern Austin or so. Um, okay. In this in another little little trailer abode. All right. But nice. Yeah, I uh, but I do have some pretty fantastic news uh, for for next year. Oh shit! I have solidified. I got the green light to start a haunted attraction next year what? in Gloversville. And where? At Gloversville. At yep, Stump City Brewing, the place that uh that I play at. They uh they gave me the go ahead to uh, start the plans to create. Uh, they have this path through the woods and everything. Okay. And uh, yeah, they're uh, gonna have hire a bunch of actors, build the scenes, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. So, what is what is your role? Like, what is your role there? My role, I'd be uh, training people, building the sets. Uh, Pretty much the whole thing is is my baby. Uh, Nice. Yeah. I've been I I was I've been planning on trying to build one somewhere in the country, and I'd scouted out a few places, and uh, I went up and played a show out out, a little social distance show outside um, early September. Yeah, it was right before, uh, like right around the time you played Keegan's here, right? Yeah. Yep, and uh, they had showed me this path back there, and I was like, "Hey, guys, have you ever, you ever thought of doing this here?" And they're oh, like, "No, but it sounds like a good idea." Oh, so, so you give me an idea? All, that's great. Yeah, they all talked it over, and yeah, hopefully, I can build something pretty cool for the area. That's awesome. I like that idea a lot. Um, have you yeah. ever have you ever done anything like that before? Yeah, I worked at a place in Rhode Island called Trails to Terror for about ten years, and uh, okay. Uh, yeah, they they had a really great setup there. Really great crew. Um, they had pretty much a family away from my family. I, I I'd pretty much drop everything I was doing every single year and drive straight to Rhode Island every October. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a place he, around here called Headless Horseman that kind of does that, where a bunch like Roddy yeah. and a bunch of people I know rock it and rock that stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard from uh, from folks up in my hometown that there's not too much of that kind of stuff going on around the area. So I'm hoping to build something pretty pretty fantastic up there. Nice. And Gloversville, yeah. like, is close to a lot of pretty big areas, right? Definitely, yeah. Schenectady and Saratoga yeah. uh, and like, all these are yeah. 45 minute jaunt. Yeah. Even with the um, Utica and all that other all those other places. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, we do enough promotion, get some people out. I think people are going to be itching for uh, something to do next year. Uh, yeah. Since everything's been closed down with haunts and everything. Yeah. Do you have any plans? I think the Headless Horseman's doing a drive-through thing this year. Really? Or like like a drive-through hayride. I don't. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, I don't know. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, windows rolled up and people are just popping up on. <laughs> yeah, just jumping in your fucking hood. I don't know. <laughs> Um, the fuck is I gonna say? So, do you think when do you think things will be normal again? Do you have any any speculation on that? Man, it's tough. Uh, I mean, it's it's so such a like teeter totter of emotion because you know as much as you want things to go back to normal, but you don't want anybody to get hurt. But like you know, I mean, there's so many ways that we can work through this and still be safe and still be yeah. able to play shows. But it's just people are so headstrong about how they feel and you know it's like I can go around wherever I want to or get close to whoever I want to yeah, like, yeah. You know, sometimes people don't want you to get close to them you know yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping by this by the end of this year early 
you know, January, February, because it's going to be my birthday. I want to go back to, there's this uh, fest that I didn't get to do in my hometown. We showed up, but I, I had gotten super sick, and everybody thought I had COVID. And, oh, shit. And I had, I had slept with a blanket that had black mold on it, stupidly, and I didn't realize it until I woke <laughs> up in the morning, and there it was in front of my face, and I was like, oh, crap. Oh, uh, got real sick, and we showed up to this show, and I tried every little trick I could possibly think of between drinking honey and vinegar and yeah. just not talking to anybody, and I just couldn't do it. So I'm hoping to do a little redemption. It's, it's this little uh, uh, fest thing. It's called, uh, wait, oh, shit, now I'm forgetting the, <laughs> my favorite time of the year. What the hell? I'll think of it in a second. But, yeah, my friend said in, in upstate New York, but uh, okay. When is your birthday? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's right around every year. It's right around my birthday. When February is your 18th. birthday? Oh, February, February what? February eighteenth. Okay, my sister's birthday is February seventeenth. All, right. all I can think of is totally gnarly because those are the guys that put it on. Yeah, <laughs> right on. all that's raging through my head right now. But yeah, they they uh. That's when I look forward to every early part of the year, and uh, I've been able to play it a few times. But yeah, last year was such a bummer. Yeah, that well, that's what the last show I played out was March 9th at a place called BSP here, Necromancer Open for the Gallows, and mm-hmm. uh, they had just been coming. I think they had just come from Europe or some shit, and they're all sick as dogs. And you know, we're you're, we're hugging everybody and fucking whatever. Like Jake Orvis is taking a some kind of like antibiotics for fish because he got them cheaper than you can get antibiotics for people or whatever. And it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, March 9th. So like you knew it was a thing, but it wasn't that scary yet. And then two days later, we're like, you know, we got very serious and where it's like a thing. And I'm like, holy shit, we definitely all got fucking COVID from the goddamn gallows, obviously. Yeah. But we didn't. Exactly. We did. Definitely a scary moment to just be like, everybody's already panicking and like, yeah. Genzilla, that's what it's called. Uh, what is it Genzilla. called? Genzilla. Genzilla. Okay. Yeah, and I was, I mean, people were like, hey, I, I want to hug you, but, you know, you know, it's kind of paranoid because, you know, COVID and all. And but that, in February, it, but, really, people were worried about it then. Wow. That's, yeah. Huh. A lot of people got sick in January and February, and so yeah. a lot of, you know, people were like, I think I had it back then, but, you know, I was traveling around with two other people in very close proximity, and. One and one whose health isn't the best, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, we're we're good." I just had a, a little lung cold. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I have a bunch of friends that like work for you know companies that do musical equipment or sound and audio visual equipment, and uh, that were at Nam. And I guess like you know people were getting got really sick there. It was like in January in L.A., and there was a bunch of people from yeah. Asia and whatnot. And there were a ton of people got sick from that, and I think that was like a big spreading point. But a lot of people got it, you know, before, you know, it really be- blew up necessarily, you know. Yeah. Crazy fucking business, yeah. man. I'm saying. Um, yeah. We yeah. Got, we got some stuff to look forward to here soon. You know, we're just trying to trying to play it safe. And like I said, I'm I'm excited about playing this show on Saturday with Mark because it's been a while. Yeah. Um. So when do you put? It, when did your album come out? When did Snake Charmer? When did you actually like release that? That was back, <laughs> hilariously enough, right uh, at the end of February and beginning of March is when mm-hmm. I finally got it on Spotify. And perfect time. It was such a bummer because, like, I had just finished up putting together shirts and CDs and packages, 
and it's been just a nightmare of trying to be safe, be able to pay my bills, and also make enough money to, to send some stuff out. Yeah. You know, we went on this we went on this Northwest trip solely to go and see if I could, you know, if travel would be possible. Uh, and uh, I wanted to take the chance and opportunity to go see my little sisters before any kind of complete shutdown possibly happens again. Is it Northwest so, or Northeast? Uh, I did the Northwest with Bill, and then I went to the Northeast to go see my family. Gotcha, uh, yeah. That, when I went and saw you guys up in September. But, yeah, and it's like it'll be nice to finally send out because I only have just this little handful of packages left. <laughs> nice. That's it's like, great. it's just so, so tough. And it's like, I, I, if I would have just been working Uber as soon as I got back, you know, I was making about $1,200 a week. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Nice. What a, same thing with Dwayne Mark. I mean, he put, we did that album release in January and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. here we were ready to tour with just boxes full of albums and stuff ready to go. Yeah. You know, like we gotta wait. We gotta, now we're just sitting on stuff. He's got his second album or the the second yeah, album. Yeah, he saw that. that yeah, another, did you play on that one as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We did all the tracks uh, in four days and, wow. uh, for two albums worth of music. Oh, oh. So it was recorded back in Memphis when you did the first one with Josh playing drums and. Yep. Oh wow. Okay, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, we hammered it down. It was it was, it was wild. I think we did eighteen. 18 to 20 songs within within four days. Badass. Um, do you mind if we take a quick break so I can rock and piss, and then we'll come back? Well, then, uh, do you mind if we take a quick like break? I'll play one of your tunes, and um, yeah. then we'll come back to it? Absolutely. All right, which one? I think I'm going to play... Which one did Jody play? I, play? I started with Snake Charmer. I think I'm going to go with... Which one? Ten years? Ten years? What do you think about that? Ten years is a fun one. Which one? Like, what uh, do you want me to play? Let's see. Uh, so Long is my favorite that I, that right. I recorded. We'll do that one, and then we'll come right back to it. Right on. All right, you're the best. Thanks. Oh, 
All right. You still there? What was that? You still there? Can, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. All right. That's a good one. I dig it. All right. I like the album in general. You, you did a you did a good fucking job. Thank you, man. Um, how long have you been working on those songs? Um, I'd say a couple of them are from at least, I'll see, the stance I'd written two years ago yeah, okay. and uh most most all of them kind of crunched in last last year i was like all right i really gotta really gotta do some stuff and i, I sat down and and i wrote i mean the whole album came off of concept art from matt mccauley up in uh wisconsin is that the, and, uh, the uh, t-shirt the album cover Oh, and, uh, put that up again. He, I asked him. He said that that original design he, was, he had pitched to a couple of our favorite musicians, and they all said it was a little little too dark for him. And uh, and I I at first turned it down because I was like I don't know, and I'm not sure if it suits what I do either. And then I I was like you know what I'd rather take it on as as a concept thing than anything. Okay. And uh, and yeah, so I wrote I wrote that Snake Charmer song based off of things that were going on in my life. Also, yeah. you know, just that that phrase in general. But yeah, but yeah, the the other few songs like uh, "It's Time" that was that was one that I wrote last year. Um, yeah, each one had was had kind of just popped out one after another, which is not something that I'm used to. Yeah, uh, it's taken a long time to to get over some some writer's block and some personal brain issues. <laughs> It's it's hard to throw it out there. Like I, I respect people that just put stuff out and you know move on to the next yeah. thing. Like I wish I was more like that. You know. Just yeah, do it. To, get it over. To come along, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got the next one. The next one's falling into place. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping by uh, the early part of this upcoming year that I'll have enough to to put out a a little longer length one. It's definitely just like. All right, I did this. Now where do I go from there? You know. Yeah. But it was such a pleasure to have Liz Sloan and Sarah and Bill all playing on there and making everything sound yeah. immensely better. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, are you thinking about doing the same kind of instrumentation for the next one as well? Relatively, I kind of yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling weird lately. You know, not not like full on jazz experimental, but yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff that's influenced me this year that. You know, uh, I keep hearing 
myself going in some interesting directions, but who knows, you know. Yeah. I, it'll be inter- uh, I've been hanging out with some really talented musicians lately uh, up here in Austin. And nice. I'm hoping to collaborate some stuff together and see if I can put, put uh, a little more oomph into everything that's going on, you know. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, well, A, because, you know, like you've been in, you know, punk rock bands, your text railers or whatever. Um, but yeah. some of the heavy rebel sets, like the, the the songs that you do, you know, going into some rancid or descendants, or uh, yeah. you know, like you have like the little the punk rock thing going on. Yeah. So maybe Super, like but... an electric thing, you know. Like I'd be interested to hear like if you went in that direction a little bit more. What what came out, That's, you know? Definitely something I've thought about a lot. I mean, ever since we did the the, the few years of of doing some just punk rock tunes and stuff at Heavy Rebel because yeah. god those were so much fun and yeah. going back on the videos they sound great like <laughs> even though for you know just doing a, a practice half an hour before we're supposed to go ahead and play and stuff yeah I, I just feel uh, every year that I play even if it's just a little sloppy I'm always so satisfied yeah that's always uh, been the, the years that I played with you were, were a lot of fun for those yeah yeah, it was blessed. Uh, I've definitely thought a lot about putting putting some electric. Uh, it's, it's tough, you know. It's yeah. Like I don't, when you don't even know which you want to play everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about for me with COVID. I have a bunch of these songs that I was about to record with my friend Earl from this band. He's a singer from this band, Shadow Witch, and I was going to try to yeah. do them um, as close to solo as I could just so I could do shows solo, you know, and, and it would sound almost like the album. But now, yeah. like, you know, there are no shows, and honestly, I don't really know that I want to do the solo thing that much, so why don't I try yeah. to figure out, like, why don't I put drums to these? Why don't I put electric guitar, you know, and so now I'm trying to, f- like, rewrite them as more yeah. interesting songs, but not, you know, not trying to sound like me just sitting there with a the fucking guitar, you know. And trying to flesh that out and figure out, you know, which way to right. go with, you know, with that's everything. I, yeah, it's. I mean, what? I, what? <laughs> Sorry. That's what I really loved about the uh, doing the Nebraska. You know, uh, it it was yeah a chance to get weird. And I mean, I I got to play drums to that, which I I haven't played drums legitimately. I did on Dwayne Mark's album for one song, but other than that, I haven't yeah. played it. <laughs> Ten years plus. Sounding the song, song sounds killer. It's great. Yeah, um, it's, it's just been a lot of fun experimenting with 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 shit like that, you know. Didn't Dwayne? I thought I thought Dwayne or uh, I thought he sent me another track of yours that he produced that was like super orchestrated with like horns and shit. No, do you do another song with Mark that was like? The ones that he had with horns, I played. I played drums on that. Uh, if there's anything that he produced with horns on it, of yeah, yours, no, I, I thought he did something of yours that like. No, did you not send me something? Nothing that I can think of. Oh no. Every, he he produced the entire uh, uh, Snake Charmer. Yeah, yeah, album. yeah. Uh, I thought there was another song of yours that like he he him or you sent me. It was just like, well, you know, there were drums, there were like a bunch of shit. Maybe it was the Nebraska song. I don't know. I think it was that one, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I had, uh, I had uh, that Lance guy played piano <clears throat> on there, and uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I I did everything. I, I did the everything on that song, but but the uh, piano. But you gave you gave Mark like kind of creative control, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he 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 definitely pushes where like he thinks it should go, and like there will there be like I don't say arguments. Uh, he'll be like, yeah. "Well, this needs to go." Up. I'm like, I don't know. I don't hear it there. And he's like, "I'm telling you, you just because you're." You're playing it. Your your ears off. Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll go through it, and you know it always sounds great. Yeah, it's definitely I think good to have like an outside perspective. You know, yeah, that's like involved enough. You know, I think that's the problem with a lot of like, like especially my early recording stuff is like people that just weren't engaged in the project. You know, so yeah. like they're like, no, that's good. Yeah, that was fine. It's like, and then you listen back, and it's like, no, nah, that could have been, you know, like if you're listening back and you think it could have been better, I think you need someone to like bust your balls a little bit. Right. Is where the best stuff comes from, and if they're like somehow allow themselves to be invested in it, and then you know, and bust your balls about it, that's where you get the really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, if I don't if I don't listen to something that I've recorded over a thousand times within a couple of days, then. Yeah. I, I must not have been interested in it at yeah. all because that's constantly. If I get done, I mean, I, I had to listen to my own album on repeat for like a week straight. Yeah, to, but you get you numb. Know. I think I, I get numb. I don't know. You know, like I feel like you get where you just you're you can't tell you're you're overanalyzing or you can't hear straight. You know, you it just becomes yeah. mush to you. You know. <laughs> I mean, hell, no matter how many times I hear the album sounds great, all I can hear is the fact that I've just gotten over, like, a singing, coughing, throat cold thing. Oh, so you think your voice isn't good. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, like, there's so many recordings where everything is nice and tight, and there's, you know, but this one just, uh, I keep going back and listening, and it's like, it's so easy to over-criticize yourself, and I'm, I'm constantly doing that, but I mean, I figure that, as long as I'm not beating myself up too much, it's just can only make it better. Yeah, you, know? you know, and I think that that's part of it. Like wh- with the people that I admire, they're just like, do it, it's done, get over it, move on. You know, like yeah. And yep. I mean, I think I think it's a great album. You know, I and I think you did a great job. And fucking, I can't wait to hear the next one. You know, let's fucking move on, right? Yeah, I, I'm just I feel so lucky to be able to hang out here with Dwayne Mark and you know have him kind of give me. Like, hey, maybe you should think about this next time, or think about that next time, and yeah. a lot of lot of really good constructive criticism on on yeah. songwriting, and it's awesome. Know, he's such a damn damn good songwriter as it is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it was nice to see him. He rolled through. I think it was before you that he rolled through here. I don't know. It's, this whole year, fucking year, blends together with me. <laughs> you know, I feel like I haven't been more than a hundred miles from where I am right now in over a year. And it's like fucking horrifying. I, yeah. It, it was rough. I mean, that's a lot of the reason why I had to, I mean, I, that and I'll get eaten by ants out here. Thankfully they're, they've gone to bed for a while. But, <laughs> All right. I mean, the, the fire ants were atrocious out here and there's nothing you can do to stop them except fill the trailer with poison. Oh, so, so, oh, so the trailer is just, to... so what do you do? Okay. What you got to the point where you start doing what? I had the point where I was going stir crazy. You know, I like, I, I, was, I was like, all right, I should just work, 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 and get, you know, fulfill a lot of these responsibilities. And I was like, I, 
I can't fulfill a responsibility if I'm getting chewed alive every single day and going crazy. And so I just, I was like, bro, we gotta, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta hit the road for a minute. And I'm, I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. And, you know, so you try to do a, a mental reset. You left Texas to escape fire ants. That's like a horror movie. That's great. Yeah. It was, it was pretty wild. I mean, like I'd wake up in the morning and there's trails of fire ants leading up to a, a crumb of food. It didn't matter. Any, if I mean, I tried to, clean it up and yeah, yeah you know i they'd be crawling all over the bed and i just i'd spray down no matter how much i tried just like all right i gotta i gotta go <laughs> that'd be a, a great t-shirt is you running from a fucking you, you running like naked from a fucking army of fire ants <laughs> would be fucking there's no joke there's a couple of times where i woke up my shirt my pants are covered in ants and i had to just strip down and run out like <laughs> damn near out of the trailer because they're everywhere and that was when I didn't realize it was happening, you know. The first yeah. night that it happened, I was just head to toe, and I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Um, so I'm thinking about getting the fuck out of here for January because the New, yeah. York, New York winters fucked me up. And I've been thinking about going to Columbia because it's, like, okay. cheap. You know, like, you can get $20 a day, a pretty nice hotel room in, like, Cartagena, Columbia. You were just in Cancun. Really? How was that? Like, what's yeah. what's a COVID Cancun look like? There were hurricanes, um, I know, but like you were there for a little bit before the hurricane. We can get into the hurricanes, it, but it was pretty. It was pretty similar. I mean, you had your spots where people were very adamant about you know social distancing. Yeah, they they seem they seem to be a lot more tentative to uh, you know you have to they spray down your feet before you get into the van. Uh, Okay. You know, there's, huh. you, they instantly put hand sanitizer anywhere you go, and mm-hmm. like there's definitely a lot more situations where people are a little more tentative about it. But uh, there's definitely some spots where people are just like, "Yeah, hey, whatever." Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> but it was it was pretty wild. Uh, and you were there for I like mean, what, I, like two weeks? Oh, uh, we were there for a week, and okay. the first uh, what was it like four days in? We had. Or was it a tropical storm Gamma, and then uh, the hurricane Delta came through. And that was pretty serious, right? It started off; they were predicting it was going to be a Category Four, and uh, the people that I was traveling with were were pretty much in a panic and not you, very you happy. You were there with your sister, right? Yeah, my sister, uh, my brother, her husband, uh, and uh, all their friends. It was t- about fourteen in total. Okay. And uh, they were, yeah, they were, they were pretty, pretty upset about the whole thing. And yeah. I'm trying to calm everybody down. I'm like, hey guys, it's just a hurricane; it'll be okay. And they're like, but they said it's going to be a Category Four. <laughs> and you know, you watch the other channel, and they're like, the disaster, potentially disastrous hurricane. Yeah. Everything was just getting so crazy, and uh, and they didn't know where we were going to be placed. And then we're getting the moniker American refugees, so they're kind of losing their shit about that. <laughs> and I. So I'm, I'm calming everybody down the night before the hurricane came. I was like, let's just not worry about it right now because there's nothing we can do. Get ourselves good and drunk and have a good time, and, and uh, we'll deal with this tomorrow like we have to. And and they sent us this big old bus, and we went to uh, to a, an abandoned school that they, I guess the school hadn't ran since January. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, it was about like two feet thick concrete walls, and we were up on the top floor. Yeah, I was. I wasn't even worried. I slept through most of the whole thing. Yeah. 
right. Well, and, sure enough. You know, so it was nice, nice to know that we had the security of being in a safe place. Uh, they yeah. took a really good care of us. Yeah. And the staff, uh, and staff at all from the hotel at all volunteered and everything. But, like, when it came to COVID and all that, they were still, like, you know, keep everybody separate, families with families, and, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, if I can go to a hotel and just kind of stay, you know, just hang out by my fucking self for a week or two with an outdoor pool yeah. and it's not fucking 20 degrees, you know, where it's fucking 70 or 80 degrees and I got a pool and I can walk yeah. around outside by myself for two weeks, I think that yeah. might keep my fucking head on my shoulders a little bit, you know, rather than going down the fucking winter rabbit hole, you know? Oh, yeah. If I had the money earlier in the year and I was a little smarter, I would have I would have booked a lot more vacations because uh, just to get to Cancun is only $240. Yeah. I posted the last year where it was over, I think it was over 500 for the ticket. Yeah, and, cheap, uh, right? Yeah. It, it was 180 to get to Cancun, but... <laughs> Jeez, yeah. What was didn't fl- bite it fast enough. What was flying like? Was that like a stressful situation with the COVID? That was definitely stressful because, I mean, you're packed like sardines and full flights. And, it, uh, oh, it was a full flight, so it was like full Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they, they no, uh, what did they give you? A baggie with a bottle of water and uh, crackers. <laughs> and, uh, and a fanny wipe that is supposed to take care of all the germs in Good your luck, area. <laughs> Good luck, pal. Good luck, pal. Here you go. Yeah. Right. So I just kept my my uh, little hand sanitizer in my pocket, and you know, yeah, you have to ride your mask the entire time, and because you, know, you can't even br- you can't even bring your own hand sanitizer, right? Because that's liquid, and that's you can as long as it's under two uh, under three ounces. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. Yep, yep, and uh, that it was definitely a lot different of a traveling experience than back when we went to Cancun in December. Yeah. Is that what you did? You went in December, and then yeah, we we got a free trip out of the whole thing because okay. the place we were supposed to go to messed up, and and uh, we we had to get put into a different hotel, so we got a free trip out of it, which was pretty rad. But then you know, hurricane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you it's go. It's still cool. I mean, you know, we had a good time. <laughs> yeah, fucking missing heavy rebel this year was a fucking that hurt that hurt a bit. Uh, definitely. Yep. What are you gonna do? That, that, that was the one that makes your heart sink, and I was like, you know, how long is this going to last? And then people yeah. were like, you know, well, they're projecting, like, next year, and I'm like, come on. You yeah. Know? Between that and Muddy Roots. Yeah. Yeah, Muddy Roots, I think they, they held on a little bit longer. Like, he didn't cancel for quite a while, right? Right. Like, he didn't cancel till later in August, but, yeah, you kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy to not to have this like weird kind of road family and not get to see everyone. Yeah, but yeah, it's like that's why gotta, I just gotta hold, hope that the friends all hold tight and try to stay sane and yeah, you know, because I know mental health is not not something to mess with in these situations. Yeah, certainly not. Um, you got any any like little out of town? excursions you're doing anytime soon I should be coming up to New York in December uh, when oh, everything still open and, and uh, as it is uh, talk to the folks about doing the haunt next year come see my family and maybe hopefully play a couple of socially distanced shows if I can find them fuck yeah uh, I mean that would be that, great what, what time what part of December are you looking at are you around the holidays somewhere around between the 12th and the 25th nice man 
Cool. Yeah, so hopefully I'll be searching, searching, trying to find some stuff. And yeah, if you end up going to uh, Col- uh, what do you say, Columbia? Yeah, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want to you want to come a, come hang out in Columbia for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, seriously. I'm I'm doing Duolingo Spanish now to try to acclimate myself. Right. And there's there's a lot of talk about fish burgers. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, the whole first chapter on food is like una hamburguesa de pescado and I was like no I don't want fish <laughs> yeah. burger no no. <laughs> yep. no no yo no yo no yo quiero hamburguesa de pescado <laughs> I do not want the fish <laughs> burger I don't know that's all yeah, I learned I took, so I took uh, Spanish in high school and I, mean, I was almost up to college level but I'll tell you like I can listen to people have conversations and I, I just wish I would have stepped with it like my teacher said She's like, I'm telling you, someday you're gonna want to go to a foreign country, and you're gonna you're gonna want to pay attention to this because it's so much easier to be able to actually ask people where things are rather than have to hope yeah. that somebody speaks English. Well, that's what I, I my I had I don't, I think I'm a little I'm a bit older than you, but I, we had Spanish one, two, and three. So Spanish yep. one and two, I had Mr. Tompkins, and I got like you know, 94, 95 for the year. A, a, I, you know, like aced the classes both years, but he yeah. would give us some like vocabulary. And then we'd watch like the Lorax in English or like a Mr. Magoo cancer special. Yeah. And then we got to Spanish three with Miss Huerta where you're supposed to speak English or just Spanish in the classroom. And it was like I yeah, can't do that. Time. I was I was I was very inadequately prepared for this. Yeah, and then the Spanish, yeah, the Spanish regents. I was like, I can't answer these questions. How the fuck would I right. answer these questions? You know. <laughs> so now it's fun. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely skimmed by uh, skin of the teeth when it came to the very end uh, of my high school career with Spanish. Yeah. So now I'm doing the Duolingo, which is fun. And I, I'm doing like you know I do like ten minutes a day, and it's like a little game on your phone. Um, yeah. I I can now I know how to ask where a lot of things are like uh, yeah. Donde está el aeropuerto? But if you told me, I wouldn't know what the fuck you were saying. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't understand their directions at all. Oh yeah. So between, hopefully that'll be the dialect, next. Yeah, between dialect and speed, it's definitely yeah. something. Or I have to really focus and pay attention if I can even pick up like twenty five percent of the conversation somebody's having, you know. <laughs> yeah, we the last episode of this show I did was like the first live one I did, and um, yeah. Faye, you know Faye, she's a bartender at the Anchor. Um, I don't know, whatever. But her boyfriend Tyler is opening up this tattoo shop, and he used to have a skate yeah. company, um, and he brought the skate company to do videos in. Medellin, Colombia, and mm-hmm. he said that they like they didn't need to speak Spanish that you know like they got by by speaking English, but I think I'd like that out a little bit. Oh, they they got by by speaking um, English, but I I'd, I'd like to speak Spanish yeah. if I was going to go there, you know. Yeah, it's nice to at least make a bold attempt if you already have some of the exactly. To say. Why not? You know, why not try to learn shit? Yeah. Right. I definitely, I mean, I hope to at least have a few languages under my belt before I go, but, yeah. you know. They say it's harder to learn as you get older. I know. It's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. So, anything else you want to get into before I let you go? Um, 
Not I mean, that's, that's about it. You got, a good, uh, you got any good door, particularly good DoorDash stories to tell us? Any good, I have more Uber stories than I do uh, DoorDash. What's your best Uber story? My best Uber story? Uh, probably the uh, first Halloween. I mean, I'd only been Ubering for about a week and a half. And uh, I was going through Austin, and it was 32 degrees out. And Austin gets fucking cold. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's right now, it's well, 40 degrees, and uh, people don't realize it gets chilly here, too, you know, and these girls, they're walking around wearing the normal, you know, near-to-nothing garb that Halloween brings, and it was just, it was mortifying to watch all these yeah. people just shaking when they got into the car, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, but uh, this group of kids, they decided they needed a ride, I picked them up, and there was about eight of them and I had I'm driving a, a Hyundai Elantra and seats four like they're like hey are, are we allowed to do this uh, I know we're only allowed to have uh, four passengers and I was like yeah if we could just keep it to four and they're like nah we'll make it work and they just busted in anyway <laughs> and I wasn't about to start some kind of you know yeah, ridiculous yeah. thing and uh, we're going along and <laughs> They're asking me questions, and everything's going fine. People are sitting on laps, and I'm trying to, you know, drive safe. And, you know, we're only going 10 miles per hour because of middle-of-town traffic and Halloween. And this one kid, I look over, and I'm like, he doesn't look very good. And they're like, oh, he's fine. And then he starts gagging, and I'm like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, shit, not in my fucking rental. No, nope. I've only had it for a week and a half. You can't do that in here. Holy he's like, shit. can you pull over? And I'm like, yep. So I pull over, and he yaks. And I was like, oh, man. Out of the, out and, of the uh, car. Yeah, he, well, I thought so. It looked like he got <laughs> <laughs> it. looked like he got it out of the car. And all the people were like, oh, my God. I'm, you know, thank God he got it out. And uh, I went to drop him off. And I went and looked on the side of the car. It's just all over the side runner, oh, all over fuck. the door. But and outside, like, at least. Yeah. Can and I'm like, yeah. Spray I'm like, off. guys, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have to do this, but, like, that, that's usually a $250 charge from DoorDash, yeah. or I mean uh, Uber, to them. Yeah. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll go upstairs and we'll grab some stuff and clean it. And they, they look at the guy who apparently was in their group. They didn't even know him. They just brought him <laughs> along for the ride. And he was going to go to the next party with them and stuff. And, <laughs> and so he's walking away. He's like, fuck this. And he just dips out. And they're like, dude, what the hell? You, you come back here. Help us clean this up. And he just... Like, <laughs> Runs I swear off to God, it was like a scene like a... from, like, the Brexit Club. He just <laughs> walks away, didn't even look back, lifted his arm up, and flipped us all off, and just <laughs> kept on going. I was that's like, wow, good. that sucks. These kids went up there, and they grabbed uh, some cleaning supplies. This girl, she had her, she was just like a cat. She had these black leggings on. She didn't realize that we were like, hey, watch out for the puke. She goes to get out, it just... Smears oh, all of the back of her leg. Oh dear! And I'm like, oh god, you guys are a mess right now. So they ended up <laughs> going upstairs and grabbing some stuff and cleaning it up. And not what was it? Probably. Thankfully, everything's all good to go. And I think I'm <laughs> probably about a half an hour to an hour later. These two girls get in wearing just pretty much bikinis, and I'm like, all right, where to? And this girl's like, well, you gotta guess my name if you want to know where we're going. And I was like, you know, it's already on the app and everything, and I'm like, anywhere specific, you know, I'm trying to hope that if there's a bar, I already know how to get to. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, you gotta guess my name. 
And I was like, I have no idea what your name Rumble is. Still she's like, my last name or my first name. You gotta guess it. And she's giving me hints and stuff, and I'm not catching them. And finally, she goes, famous basketball player. And I was like, Jordan. She goes, that's it. And she starts kissing me on the head while I'm driving, and her, her friends just laughing and stuff. And they're like, we love you. We just want to hang out and party with you all night long. And I was like, yeah, well, ladies, sorry. I got I to gotta work. And I go to drop them off, and they're like, wait, where's all the bars? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? She's like, I thought this was South Street. I thought this was Dirty Six. And I was like, yeah, that's the other end of town, man. And I just got another uh, Uber rider, <laughs> so I couldn't bring them back. And so they're like, you have to, you can't just leave us out here in the cold in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and I was like, I'm sorry, you have to, oh, dear. you have to call another Uber. And she she gets all mad, and this guy comes over, and he gets in, and he's sitting down in the back, or he's trying to get in the back. She won't let him in, and he's like, can I can I please get in my car? And she's like, well, fine. If you don't love me, uh, you said you loved me, Tim. And I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> she she goes she goes to get out. And she left all her shit. She's got her sunglasses. She's oh, got her, no. her phone. Makeup is all over the floor. And he's just, this guy's miserable. And she's, he's, she's crawling over top of his lap to get her stuff. She's not, <laughs> I mean, she's not a dinky thing. She's, she's, a, she's a good woman. And uh, yeah. she's just all up on his lap. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and by the time he, uh, she gets off his lap and gets all her stuff, she's like, bye, Jim, and shuts the door. And me and this guy just had this like five minute moment of just <laughs> silence where just really trying to take in what just happened. And he just goes, God, I smell absolutely terrible. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, that woman has so much make her perfume on. I, it's everywhere. <laughs> we had to go around the rest of the night smelling like her. <laughs> and I was like, all right, not bad for uh, my first Halloween doing Uber. See, I was going to say he he gave you a review like, you know, Tim Uber driver, five stars. I get a lap dance every time. I, yeah, you know, he pretty much got a lap dance. I was like, oh, man, that was that was something. That was a pretty wild night. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. I fucking yeah. dig your album. I'm going to play another. What, what song should I play for the outro? Um... I like the song. Which one did I like? <laughs> trying to remember the name of my own song. I think 10 Years was what <laughs> I was going to play before. Yeah, why not? That seems to be a lot of the, the fan favorite of my, my friends here in Texas. They like right. that song a lot. Um, hopefully, I'll see you in December. What's it now? That's not. To, this is like a month and a half away. Yeah, hopefully. That'd be great. Um, I dig you. It's been nice talking to you. Yeah, I love you, buddy. I'll yeah, talk love to you, you again too, man. Soon. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. All right. Thanks. Tim, Tim V, you're a good man. I'm thorough. Bye. All right, that was Tim V. We did, uh, you know, we did it. We weren't going to do it, but we did it. Um, now we're going to play a song from Tim V. Um, if anyone wants to do a call-in episode next Tuesday for the election, let me know. I, I'm kind of not going to do it, but if people would like to do it, then I'll do it. All right, so we'll play this Tim V song, and then uh, I'll see you next time. Dudes.
over Be sure to watch your my heart till I come back again I bet you first I was just wondering what we'd be through But I wouldn't second guess the headaches I've been giving you And all this back and forth, what's yours and mine It's just a blatant waste of time Tuesday afternoon. That sounds about right. That sounds metal as fuck. 